and welcome back to the Delaware Dynasty Boys podcast. Uh, not your regular host here today. You've got the old men in the chairs. we got AJ on my right, uh, Frankie here on the left. Uh, we're going to do a quick pod today, go over some of the uh, Thursday night recap, give you a little bit of start-sit advice, and then uh, dive a little bit into some dynasty advice. Uh, AJ had to take a break last time. Just wanted to say congratulations to him for a new addition to the family. Welcome back to the show, AJ. Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, like you said, uh, second beautiful baby girl, family's healthy, ready to get back on the pod. Yeah, so let's get into it here. Uh, Thursday night game happened. Uh, not too much in terms of fantasy football value. Uh, Nick Chubb went off, had three touchdowns. Um, not much to say about Nick Chubb that hasn't been said before. One of the, if not the best running back in the league, he's one of the best running backs in the league. Um, a must start every single week, no matter what you have him in, uh, PPR, best ball, doesn't matter. Nick Chubb is, is a go-to guy. Uh, anything you saw that you wanted to touch on in the Thursday night games, AJ? Yeah, I, I love Nick Chubb. I mean, dude's an animal. Every time he touches the ball, he, he, may, he makes two, three guys miss right off the jump. He had 113 yards, a touchdown. I mean, he is that offense. Um, and David Njoku, he looked good, a little resurgence there with him and Jacoby Brissett getting a little bit of chemistry going. Amari Cooper. Yeah, the problem with Njoku, though, is he's on everybody's benches. Yeah, <laughs> nobody, literally. Nobody if anybody started him, good for you. Confidence. Good for you. <laughs> um, my biggest takeaway, really, doesn't even reflect to the game. It's that the Browns got Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick. He has came out and balled. He looks good. Um, now, that That's a great move by Cleveland organization. Um, Pittsburgh, yeah. very sluggish. Najee can't seem to move the ball, can't make anybody miss. Um, George Pickens with absolute incredible catch. Uh, <laughs> catch that, of the year was, for it sure. was dumb. It was dumb. I think um, the broadcast did a bad job at highlighting the catch. They made it sound like everybody's been doing it since Odell did it. It's like, nah, man, that's, right, a, right. that's a special catch right there. That that's right there with Odell. The Odell was getting pulled down in the end zone for a touchdown, so I give the edge to Odell. But George yeah, Pickens falling on his back towards the sideline, like you, you can't make a better catch, really. Like um, Deontay Johnson, average game for him. Still can't find the end zone after three weeks. Yeah, I'm. I'm the biggest takeaway from the Steelers for me from that Thursday night game is just fade the Steelers' offense. Really, honestly, I mean, there's not much production coming out of those guys. It seems like, um, unfortunately, Najee just still is very inefficient this season, uh, averaging like 3.6 yards per carry, which still just isn't getting the job done. Um, Deontay Johnson, he's getting the targets and he's making special plays when he's getting the targets, but just not enough, not enough valuable targets there for Deontay Johnson to be a, a valuable wide receiver one, or even really a wide receiver two consistently in fantasy football. So uh, Chase Claypool is really a non-factor. Pickens, uh, if you stashed him in Dynasty, I think you're looking good. But if you grabbed him in redraft for any type of like flex play, I don't, I don't really think you're going to get much out of Pickens. Uh, Mitch sounds like he's not long for the starting quarterback world anymore. So I give it till at least the bye week in week eight for the Steelers. If if they're not winning games by then, I think they pull the plug on Mitch and and move on to Kenny. So yeah, not much there for the Steelers. I do think that's a good point that you brought up about Amari Cooper though. Uh, he started off pretty slow, so a lot of people may have made some panic trades. 
but Amari Cooper over the last two weeks is is not had any less than 10 targets. Um, nine catches last week, seven catches this week, over 100 yards both weeks in the touchdown. So Amari uh, Cooper is a guy who I drafted in best ball just because I wasn't sure of the quarterback situation. I kind of faded him everywhere else. But if you held on to Amari Cooper, or you got any shares of Amari Cooper this, this year, uh, kudos to you for, for holding on to him if you did. Uh, anything else you want to touch on for this game? No, uh, not really. Uh, another shallow game for Pat Fryermuth. I know a lot of people were expecting a breakout season in year two after the year he had last year, but another shallow game. But like you said, I don't want anything really to do with that passing game. I have quite a few shares of Deontay, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to give up on him because he's a good floor wide receiver. Um, I just wish that he would see more volume, uh, more efficient volume. He's getting the volume, just not efficient. I mean, right. He's getting, you know, your average, 11 to 16 points a game, but I'd like to see him find the end zone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's getting, he hasn't had any less than 12 targets right. or any less than, excuse me, 10 targets. His max was 12 targets this year, but he hasn't had any less than 10 targets and targets are king in fantasy football. So, I mean, that's awesome, but he's failed to find the end zone so far this season. Uh, in our preview pod for the beginning of the season, we did the Deontay Johnson versus DJ Moore comparison and the big fear for, DJ Moore was the touchdown problem, but so far Deontay Johnson seems to have had that issue this year. Um, he's last on Thursday was the first time he's gone over 75 yards in a game this season. Honestly, it was the first time he's gone over 60 yards, but I was giving him a little bit of benefit of the doubt because he had 84 yards in the game. But yeah, Deontay Johnson is just somebody who, unfortunately, if you drafted him in the second, third round, you're not getting the return on him that you wished. And probably going to be a little bit difficult to trade them with the uncertainty of quarterback there but yeah just fade all Steelers if you can get off the Steelers right now I think that's a it's a good bet for you but uh good luck finding a trade partner <laughs> yeah one quick what are you what are you doing with Najee as a dynasty owner uh you're asking the wrong guy because I literally never would own Najee to begin with but if you are unfortunate enough to own Najee Harris um, I think at this point, you kind of got to hold on to him. I, I didn't think I would be saying that, but just with the value that he had coming into the season at the end of off, excuse me, at the end of the season last year, um, I don't really think that you're going to get the value that you paid for him. So I think you kind of got to hold on to him. I mean, if somebody's willing to give you a 2023 first for him, um, maybe with some a flex running back option, I think that's a, some good value you should get for him. But only if it's like an early 2023 first, if somebody's like 0-2 and, and they're trying to make a panic trade to, to get back into contention and Najee Harris is a the guy they're looking at and they're they're willing to make that trade. Um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But at this point, I'd say you probably just got to hold on to him and pray that the Steelers just decide to keep feeding him because, I mean, he's not had more than 15 rushing attempts this season. Like, the whole thing with Najee Harris was, oh, Mr. Volume, Mr. Volume, Mr. Volume. But, I mean, 15 attempts a game rushing, that's not much. And his max targets this season have been six. So, I mean, 21 touches, period, in a game was his max. And that was against a New England team that is kind of reeling and doesn't have a great defense to begin with right now. So, I don't know. Uh, I think you kind of got to hold on to Najee and pray. But what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, 
I'm in the same boat, and I am. I have plenty of leagues. I have no shares of Najee. I didn't like the cost of Najee, especially in startups. Um, I'd rather just if he's going to be great, let him be great on somebody else's team. I wasn't touching him. Uh, I just don't like that that offensive line, the quarterback play. They could stack the box. Um, I think that Liz Frank injury that they meant they touched on right before the season has a little bit to do with his uh, ability to not make defenders miss because he's just running straight. He, uh, he is hurtling, but the hurtling that he does once a game does not <laughs> turn into anything. He just shows how athletic he is, and we all know how athletic he is. But as far as um, getting the volume, I mean, if you're not getting more than 15 rushing attempts as a bell cow running back and you're not catching passes, then to me that's a bust for the value that he is. Um, more than likely he's, he's going to be a hold for you. People are probably worrisome as well. Um, if you can get a first in um, some type of flex play, whether it's a running back or wide receiver, depending on your your layout on your roster construction, um, I, I think that's an automatic hit, um, especially if you can get an early first. I mean, next year's class is top-heavy loaded. I mean, it's 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 balanced, but that top, top half of the draft next year, you're going to be hitting. So I think Najee is a sell, 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 sell. But – more than likely you're going to have to hold, but I would definitely uh, throw some bait out there to somebody in your league. Somebody's willing to bite. Put him on the trade block for sure. Um, but yeah, no, not too much else. Uh, I'm interested in touching on from that Thursday night game. I think we did a pretty good job touching on it. So we're going to move on to start sit. Um, start with the quarterback position. Anybody in particular that you want to touch on, uh, get started with the starts uh, for the quarterback position this week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to ride the hot hand. Uh, first one, obvious one to me is Tua. I feel like you have to start him, even going in against Buffalo. Buffalo has a good defense. Micah Hyde, did, they did announce it today. He's yeah. out for the year with the neck injury. I uh, hope he has a speedy recovery. He's a great guy to be on the field, especially for that defense. That's a big hit, considering I thought that they had the best safety duo in the league. Um, still don't have Trey White back yet. Um, so that could be a nice little – um, shoot out there in Buffalo. They're going to have to score to keep up with Josh Allen, but um, you can't not ride the hot hand. I don't know how many fantasy managers were upset with seeing that big number sitting on their bench, more than likely in a one QB league. Um, I mean, that's got to hurt. Superflex is king. Superflex is king. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But there are still one quarterback leagues out there, and two of being on your bench probably hurt you. Probably lost you a week. Um, yeah, but you definitely got to ride with Tua. Um, that we're seeing that combo of Tyreek and Waddle be what everybody hoped. I mean, last week was unreal. I don't know how you let them get wide open like that. Uh, two receivers go over 175 and just absolutely light up a Baltimore secondary that a lot of people had high hopes for. Uh, With two touchdowns it. each. Yes, two touchdowns First each. First time in NFL history. Yep, double-digit catches. I mean – Tua's came out slinging the ball. I don't know if you saw that video that's going around on Twitter where they reversed his arm and made him a right-hander. Um, no, it, I haven't. Yeah, it's all it's all over Twitter. Like people were talking about it. Like they they changed the angle and showed him throwing the ball as a right-hander and how smooth he looked, opposed <laughs> to how you know different, unique a left-handed quarterback is. Most people using knockers just because you don't really see it. Uh, it, it opened my eyes a little bit. I was like, he looks good. <laughs> he looks good. He's <laughs> slinging that thing. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely riding Tua. 
I don't know what your thoughts are on too. I wasn't a big Tua guy going into this year, but that offense looks to be set for good fantasy numbers this year for Tua. Yeah, man. No, I'm. Uh, I was a big Tua guy coming into the year. I won't say big, but I was. I was not off of the Tua train. I was still a Tua believer coming into the year. I liked the additions that they made to the offense. Um, obviously, Tyreek Hill, beast of a wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, I was a huge Jalen Waddle guy coming out of last year. Um, I love Tua. I think he's definitely a must start going in. I started him in as my QB two last year or last week and put up the highest scoring uh, points in the league that I started him in. So uh, I think Tua is definitely a good start for the week. Uh, my start uh, for the week is going to be Kirk Cousins. Uh, I know a lot of people are probably uh, fading Kirk after that Monday night debacle he had in Philly. Uh, Kirk Cousins is two and eleven on Monday night football, so. Unfortunately, that's just not his thing. So anytime you start Kirk Cousins on a Monday night, you kind of got to do that at your own peril. But uh, coming into the week, going against the Detroit team that's given up quite a few points this season already, uh, I think Kirk Cousins is going to come out and have a big rebound game. Definitely somebody I'm looking to start if I have him in a league. Uh, if you're doing, uh, excuse me, if you're doing daily fantasy, Kirk Cousins is the guy you could probably get for a good value. Um, but yeah, Kirk Cousins, the guy I think is a, is a really good start going up against a Detroit team that's given up quite a few points and yards this season. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, he's not playing on prime time, so it's a must start. I mean, I hate to say the narrative, but I mean, he's not good on prime time. Um, I mean, he's a good, good quarterback. It's not, not a great quarterback, but he's a good quarterback, but he's not playing on prime time. He is, um, Notorious for having a good bounce back game after, you know, shit in the bed basically on prime time. Detroit's secondary is not good in any way. They have a good front seven, decent front seven. They're getting better. Um, so I mean they've given up points first two weeks against Philly and Washington. I think it's gonna be a big Justin Jefferson game. And that's gonna come from Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins absolutely plugging him into my lineup if I have him. <laughs> absolutely. So yeah. Uh, Kirk Cousins, the guy that I'm big on. Anybody that you're uh, afraid to start this week? Uh, any, what are you doing for your sits for quarterback this week? Um, a couple sits. Uh, I'm nervous about the, the whole Justin Herbert injury. I uh, can't obviously, if he's starting, you're gonna you're gonna pull it, put him into your lineup. Um, if he's not, then sorry for you. But I, I'm 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 really fading Kyler Murray this week. I don't like him against the Rams. Um, I think the Rams, yeah, they came out week one, got blasted by Buffalo after receiving their Super Bowl rings, but they looked much better last week. A little shaky in the second half against your Atlanta Falcons, but um, I think that defense is poised to have a big game this week. Um, Kyler just doesn't look too comfortable with the weapons that they put around him. Him and Hollywood really haven't meshed. Zach Ertz is blah. Um, I got um, Greg Dortch. He, he's stepping up a little bit for him. No Rondell Moore still. AJ Green completely washed. Um, I, I'm, I'm just not liking what I'm seeing out of Arizona this year. I had them as a fade going into the season. Um, yeah, that, that's one quarterback. I know most people probably, you know, have him <laughs> – you know, top five, six quarterback. So you don't like to hear that going into week three. But if you have another option, I'm, I'm probably going to look at that option. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it kind of made me do a little bit of a rebound here because Kyler Murray was the guy I was going to go with first sit as well. 
Uh, didn't have the best game in the world last week. No, it's all good. I, I think that just kind of speaks to speaks to the Cardinals this year, uh, a team that we were both kind of – honestly, I think we were all a little bit out on on this pod. Um, but, yeah, Kyler Murray, if you can – if you have another option, definitely, definitely go with it. Uh, in a one-quarterback league, you probably had to – I wouldn't say spend a pretty penny on him, but more – more or less, you probably don't have a good second quarterback option if you drafted to Kyler Murray, I'd say. But if you if you can stream somebody, um, go ahead and do that. Uh, guy I'm going with, though, this week, another guy you probably had to spend a, a pretty quality draft pick on, but I'd say just go ahead and if you got a, a good second quarterback, put him in there. But Joe Burrow, uh, until I see some some improvement out of Joe Burrow this year, I'm, I'm not really feeling confident in him. Uh, going up against the Jets team this week, that shown some promise in the secondary i mean sauce gardner still looking like the the prospect that everybody thought he was going to be hasn't given up a touchdown yet got a little close last week on that donovan people's jones almost catch but nice catch. Uh, it, it wasn't a catch that's the you best know. thing about it for sauce <laughs> <laughs> no but uh joe burrow I, i'm not feeling comfortable with joe burrow this year he's holding on to the ball a little bit longer than he did last year and typically did and he's making weird decisions like literally everything about Joe Burrow has always been, he's a great decision maker and he gets the ball out with not, maybe not quickness, but he, with a decisiveness that you can count on. So the fact that Burrow is holding onto the ball as long as he has been, and that he's seems to be uncomfortable, even though the offensive line is improved uh, until I see some, some improvement from Burrow, not a guy I'm feeling super comfortable starting. Obviously you might not have a better option because you had to, again, use a pretty quality pick to get Joe Burrow, but, yeah, not somebody I'm feeling comfortable rolling out this week if I if I don't have a if I have a choice. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, every point that you said about him, it's definitely you can't you can't argue. I I, I do like the matchup as um, a matchup to get him going against the Jets. The Jets, sure. I do like they definitely improved their secondary, but I think it could be a good match to get him set going into that Thursday night game against Miami. Um, but you're right. He does not look comfortable. The offensive line that they supposedly bolstered in the offseason, it, it almost looks worse than last year. And they made some good additions, in my opinion. I thought on paper, anyway. But sure. they don't look comfortable. Uh, Jamar Chase uh, didn't seem to do much for him last week in that game. Uh, T. Higgins bounced back a little bit. Um, but Burrow – like you said, he's not making good decisions. He's throwing in the traffic. I think I saw a stat where he's defenses in the first two weeks have a combined four dropped interceptions, um, which he already, I don't remember if he had four or five against Pittsburgh week one. I know they had six turnovers total. Four. So four turnovers, four picks. He fumbled then, once, I believe. Okay, yeah, he did have the strip fumble from uh, – I don't know if that was water. I know Watt had the pick. But regardless, he's just not making good decisions. Um, I, I like Burrow a lot. He's, he's a baller. He's a winner ever since LSU. But I, I'm, I hope he gets gets back on track this week against the Jets. I'd love to see uh, see that offense making some good moves this week. But to me, you, you gotta. You, I comes back if you. If you have a better option that's you know hot hand, I hate to say like a Jared Goff. I mean, he's rolling right now in that offense, but right now I'd probably go Jared Goff over Burrow until Burrow shows me otherwise. Goff, Flacco, Wentz. If you drafted any of those guys late, I would 
feel more comfortable starting any of those guys over you Joe Burrow. Be more comfortable in that matchup, uh, Flacco against Cincinnati or Burrow? I don't feel comfortable with what I've seen from the Cincinnati defense. So I, I mean, I don't see a reason why Joe Flacco can't continue to do what he's done. I mean, obviously, he's Joe Flacco, and nobody was confident coming into him in this year. But, I mean, until he falls off a cliff, I would feel more comfortable putting out the known commodity than the unknown commodity. And Joe Flacco's proven it this year that he can play within that offense. Burrow hasn't, and Cincinnati's defense hasn't exactly lit the world on fire this season. So, I mean, they haven't had any really good quarterbacks to go up against this year, and they've lost both of their games. So, uh, I mean, obviously the offense has to put up points too, but eh, I'd rather start Flacco over Burrow or Kyler, honestly, this this week if you can. So, uh, yeah, good good hits on the quarterbacks. Uh, Any other quarterbacks you want to touch on before we move on to the running backs? No, we can go right to the running backs. All right. Uh, running backs this week, uh, anybody in particular that you're interested in touching on first for your start sits? Um, I want I want let's go with the sits on the running backs. Uh one is a combo for me. I'm I'm sitting James Robinson and Travis Etienne against the Chargers. Um I like what I've seen out of that Chargers uh front seven. Uh, Tranquil, the Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa. I mean, they just they look active. Um, Jaguars have never won a West Coast game in their entire franchise, dating back to 1995 or 1996, whenever they became a franchise, which to me is just absolutely crazy that they couldn't <laughs> just pull one win out of their back. Literally, just one. But uh, it could be this week if Herbert's out, but I don't see them winning this game. I like what I've seen out of Jacksonville. I just don't. Um, I don't I don't see the running backs producing much as far as a fantasy uh, standpoint. Uh, James Robinson has proved me wrong and a lot of other people coming back from that Achilles. I don't know if it's because it's more of a north-south type of runner rather than a west or east-west type of runner. So he doesn't have to make those lateral cuts and just run straight downhill. But, I mean, he, he's looked good. He's proved a lot of people wrong. He's made a lot of ETN owners upset, including myself. Um, ETN hasn't gotten that volume. Um, so that's why I picked a little combo there. I just, I wouldn't start either Jacksonville running back this week. If you have other options. Yeah. Uh, you touched on James Robinson. So I'm going to go ahead and touch on uh, Mr. Antonio Gibson for my sit. Um, I, he's ranked as the, uh, RB 11 right now coming in against the Philly defense that, uh, only allowed 17 yards to Dalvin cook last week. Uh, the Washington football team has not seemed very committed to Gibson coming into the season. They, he kind of only still has a job because of the tragedy that happened with uh, Robinson. So uh, Robinson's actually, I heard back on the field and looking like he's going to be making a comeback here shortly. So uh, Gibson's a guy that I'm fading. Uh, Eagles defense is really good this year. Um, I cannot see him having another He's only gotten 14 touches at, out of the backfield in each of the first two games, and he only had 28 yards last week. So if he didn't get into the end zone last week, he would have had probably just a – not probably, he would have had a dud of a week. Uh, that touchdown saved his entire week. 14 carries for 28 yards is just abysmal two yards per carry. That's ridiculous. So Antonio Gibson's a guy that I'm just – I'm completely out on. I was out coming into the season, and then he had a pretty good week one and a – scored a touchdown last week. So just fade Antonio Gibson uh, for the week, if, especially if you got a better option. You should have a better option, but 
if you went Hero RB and Antonio Gibson was your RB1, hopefully you got a better option. I agree. Good points. I don't have any shares of any Washington players, I think. I got one share of Terry McLaurin. That offense is yeah. Terry McLaurin's the only one I got as well. Uh, but starts for the week. A uh, guy that I am going to go ahead and jump out on a limb and say I'm pretty confident in for the rest of the season, actually. Um, on the other side of the, the field for that game is Miles Sanders. Uh, guy that didn't score a touchdown last year. Uh, got into the end zone week one to bolster that and get rid of that problem that he had last season. Had 17 carries last week for 80 yards, so over four and a half yards per carry for a good week and turned all three of his targets into catches. Only had six yards, but uh, Miles Sanders, a guy that's getting some volume coming out of Philly. Um, they've shown the propensity to still want to run the ball. Definitely a more high-volume passing attack than I think a lot of people were expecting coming into the year. Jalen Hurts shown a lot of improvement, but uh, Miles Sanders is a guy that I think can have a pretty big week against a Washington defense that's pretty beaten up and kind of on their heels. they still trying to figure a lot of things out, especially on that defensive line. Um, but Miles Sanders is a guy that I think can, can definitely win you a week if you have him. Um, but, yeah, Miles Sanders, my start for the week. Yeah, uh, kind of ironic that I, I took Kyler Murray from you, and now you took Miles Sanders from me. Uh, I got Miles Sanders in a couple of leagues, and I am thrilled to be able to plug him in. I plugged him in last week. I mean, he gave me good production, like you said. Uh, 80 yards, 96 yards each on the ground. I mean, he looks good. Proved a lot of people wrong. A lot of people thought that was going to be a big committee with Gainwell. Gainwell is not really mm-hmm. getting much love there. Boston Scott's kind of Boston Scott. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm – I'm the biggest Eagles hater. You probably know, um, but I, I will own it up. The, the, the Eagles are a scary team in the NFC as a Tampa Bay fan. That is one team I do not want to come across when it comes to playoff time. I'd much rather somebody else try to knock them out. Um, my my start Super Bowl this- pick coming into the season. <laughs> uh, I had a one division, but uh, right now they look they look good. They look good. Um, so my start this week for running back is actually your Cordell Patterson. Um, I, I like what I'm seeing out of them. That uh, run game. I like what I'm seeing out of Atlanta's offense in general. Though. Honestly, it's not. That it's not I, I don't love it, but it's been surprising. That offensive line, they're doing a lot there where they're pulling the guard. They're, they're letting Cordell Patterson wait on that block. Uh, I couldn't tell you who your right and left guards are, but they're very agile. Um, <laughs> but Cordell Patterson, Jalen Mayfield, and I, I couldn't tell you the other guy's name off my head. No, <laughs> from college, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the way that they're utilizing Cordell Patterson in that offense, they're stretching them, they're throwing inside zones, they're really, really opening up the gaps for him. Um, he's proven a lot of people wrong that running backs can become a, an efficient running back at the age of thirty. Last year, he was a lot of uh, I wouldn't call them league winners. Because he didn't have that that big stretch at the end of the season, but he definitely yeah, he fell off at the end of the year. Definitely carried you to the playoffs, sure. um, and and he's picked back up where he came from last year. Tyler Algier seems to be—I don't even know if he's dressing. Um, that's a joke. I know he's dressing, but um, Cordell Patterson <laughs> he did He's getting all the love there. Um, I mean, Atlanta's—they're they're playing Seattle. Seattle's not a great defense, so. Um, I think he's definitely a plug-in running back, especially for some of these running backs that are letting you down, such as like a Dalvin Cook or, you know, Derrick Henry-esque type of running backs. Not saying you're going to plug him in, but it's definitely an option. Definitely, right. It's definitely got to cross your mind. 
But I like what I'm seeing out of that run game there. This is incredibly weird that this happened, but you took Joe Passion from the Falcons and Bucks, and I'm going to go ahead and take Leonard Fournette from the Bucks as a Falcons fan. Um, I think Leonard Fournette's a guy who, coming into the season, a lot of people had high hopes for. Um, he kind of scared some people in the offseason with the, some weight issues, um, but he got those under control. Just hasn't necessarily gotten off to a great start. Uh, had 127 yards in the first game, but did find the end zone. Only two catches for 10 yards. Um, still not a great efficiency week last week for him. 24 carries for 65 yards, but again, the Saints defense is really good. So, um, Leonard Fournette, uh, Green Bay has a pretty solid defense as well, but they just gave up over 100 yards to David Montgomery last week. So, I think Leonard Fournette's a guy who I can see having a pretty big week. Look for him to break that touchdown drought that he's been having coming into the season to start, but. Yeah, Leonard Fournette is my start for the week, uh, or another one of the starts for the week that I have for the running back position. Currently sitting at RB26. Look for him to jump closer into the, the RB1 range by the end of the week. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, hopefully he can get in the end zone. We can start 3-0. and uh, Tom Brady's been pretty successful against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, mine's a pretty must start um, just because of where you picked him. But I think this is going to be the week that hopefully he gets back on track. That's going to be Derrick Henry. Uh, he's playing a Raiders team. Um, doesn't have much uh, in the front seven outside of the edges, uh, which Derrick Henry, I think um, they're going to utilize him up the middle more. Their deep tackles, their linebacker core is very poor. Um, so with Derrick Henry playing against the Raiders, I think that we can see this game being a typical King Henry hey, I'm still here type of game. Um, I mean, they, they don't call him the king for no reason. But if he can get back on track, um, that would be huge for the Titans because right now the Titans not look like they were the number one seed last year. So they are going to rely heavily on Derrick Henry this week and because the passing game is just not there. They pulled Tannehill last week because they were getting blown out by Buffalo. Um they need to get back to the roots, and the roots starts with Derrick Henry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Derrick Henry's a guy a lot of guy people drafted in the first early second round this year. So you're absolutely right. You put that draft value into him, you kind of have to start him. But I think you can start him a little bit more confidently this week. Um, my sit, another sit I have for this week, Javante Williams. Uh, hurts my soul to say it. A guy that I was really big on coming into the to the season until the Melvin Gordon thing happened, obviously. That kind of scared me away a little bit. Looked okay week one. Uh, had that fumble at the goal line that changed his entire outlook for the season. But um, going up against the San Francisco team this week that has one of the best defenses in the league, if not the best defense in the league, um, I just – I don't see it for Javante this year. I don't know why. Like, I really – again, I loved him coming out of last season. Uh, they brought Melvin Gordon in. Russ has not looked good as a Bronco so far, and Nathaniel Hackett has kind of looked over his skis so far. Um, he just hired a former Ravens assistant, I believe, to help be his assistant coach, basically. Not even, like, an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Basically, his job is to help him make decisions in-game. That's not really what you want to see out of an offense that you're looking to get great production out of your RB1. Um, so some people may have got Javante as an RB2, so you should be able to go ahead and sit him. If you got Javante as your RB1, 
I don't know what to tell you. Hopefully you drafted Melvin Gordon. Um, and even if you drafted Melvin Gordon, I wouldn't necessarily start him with much confidence this week. But, yeah, Javante Williams is a guy that I'm not very comfortable starting this week against the San Francisco team. Yeah, I came around on Javante in the offseason, and more and more I liked him. And now now that I acquired him late in the season, you know, my couple of weeks <laughs> one dynasty startup, and he's not off to a hot start. It's like, why didn't I stick with my gut? So hopefully all the convincing that was done turns uh, out to prove me right. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. Trevante's a tough one this year. That he is. You got any more stitch you want to go, or you want to move on to wide receivers? We can go with the wide receivers. Keep it moving along. Right. Keep it pushing. All right, yeah. So, so uh, my wide receiver start for the week is a guy that I was – very high on coming into the year. Uh, Christian Kirk has been off to a blazing start this year. He is currently sitting as the wide receiver eight. Uh, got that big contract in the offseason that blew everybody's mind and kind of blew the market off the walls for the wide receivers. Uh, but he's earning it. Uh, 12 targets in week one, uh, six targets in week two. So only got half the targets, but was able to find the end zone on literally a third of those targets. He got two touchdowns on six targets. So super efficient this season um i loved christian kirk coming into the year i wasn't big on him when he signed that contract obviously but the closer and closer we got to the season the jags didn't bring anybody else in um and kirk has proven to be very very much in tune with what uh trevor lawrence is doing so yeah christian kirk is uh is a must start for me moving forward but definitely this week against the chargers team that again isn't going to have herbert it's going to be reeling so yeah I, I, I'm right there with you. I acquired Kirk last year um, after the season ended, you know, hopes I knew he was going to be a free agent and he's turned out great in Jacksonville. Finally got Trevor Lawrence, that number one target, like you touched on uh, the chemistry there seems to be helping Trevor Lawrence develop more than he even did in 17 games last year, just in two games. We've seen, you know, the growth. Um, Mine is uh, another hot guy, man. It's a Monroe St. Brown. They're playing the Vikings defense, who just their secondary wasn't even there against Philly. That game should have been much uh, worse of a score than, you know, 24 nothing or 24 7, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, what's he, wide receiver two right now? Him and Goff. Freeze, buddy. Ever since week 10 last year, him the, the chemistry that those two have is just unmatched right now. He's got a. He's got a checklist on uh, with every receiver that was taken before him, was 13 receivers before them. He's, yeah, he was looking around on the field for De'Ami Brown. De'Ami Brown, he said, I think week. he's over there. Uh, <laughs> no, he wasn't. He, that's, uh, he clowned him. He was looking for him. <laughs> that's that's why he's, not, right. nah, he's, he's just out there turning heads, man. Uh, his yeah, round wide run. receiver three behind only Stefan Diggs and Cooper Cup. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good territory to be around. Um. Yeah, so people were saying that he could be this year's Cooper Cup. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to get a triple crown, but I mean the value is. I mean you're getting him. You were getting him in the fifth, sixth, seventh round in startups and redrafts this year, and, and he can end up being that fantasy darling that wins you championships this year. Um, I personally didn't think that he would come out guns a blazing like he did and carry it over what he did at the end of the last year. But he, he looks great, and with a Minnesota secondary that he's going up, I mean. Let that man win you another game. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so my sit, 
Uh, you're going to notice the theme here. I'm kind of fading all of the Washington football team this side of Carson Wentz and uh, Terry McLaurin, but Curtis Samuel, wide receiver 10 right now coming into this week three. Not reliable, uh, not something I would definitely trust on or trust in. He's had touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. Don't look for that to continue. Um, he has been getting a pretty good target share, uh, 11 targets in week one and nine targets in week two. Again, that's not something I would say is going to be consistent, though, going into the season, especially against an Eagles team that, like we said earlier, has a great defense. Um, I can see the Eagles blowing the doors off this game pretty early. Uh, and Curtis Samuel, excuse me, not having much of an effect at all. So Curtis Samuel's a guy I'm, I'm fading, and I'm going to go ahead and sit Curtis Samuel against the Eagles. Yeah, absolutely. He's came out, and it's about time he looked healthy. Um, I mean, everybody thought this is the type of playmaker he would be when he came out of Ohio State, but um, he's looked good the last couple of weeks. He got a little bit of chemistry there with uh, Carson Wentz. Um, my sit of the week is going to be C.D. Lamb. Uh, I'm not starting this man uh, right now. you, you got to just take your L on the chin with him because of where you drafted yeah. him. Uh, but until at least uh, Dak comes back, he, he's going to sit on the bench with me. Um Cooper Rush is not going to target his one. He's just going to look for somebody that's open. I know that's very vague. <laughs> quarterback's supposed to do that, but I think he's going to look at, you know, receivers that are closer to the line of scrimmage rather than CD. He's going to wait for him to get open, not throw them open. <laughs> Literally, yes, thank you. <clears throat> CD Lamb's just not a guy that I'm going with. Um, I think Noah Brown's a must start over CD Lamb, and that sounds terrible to say. Nobody would ever say that. Um, before the start of the season. But, you got, like I said, you got to take the L on the chin right here. Um, a lot of people want C.D. Lamb to to be this top five wide receiver. Uh, I know you and I both were not on that, like um, Delhi and Steven were on, on this podcast. We had him more towards the bottom 12 of our rankings. Um, he, until he shows something that he should be at that upper echelon wide receiver – I'm not going to put him there. I can't put him there. And I'm definitely not putting him in my starting lineup when I got Cooper Rush throwing him the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm not a big CD Lamb guy, so I won't get into it too, too much. But yeah, if you can sit CD Lamb, sit CD Lamb, I think he's going to get going one of these weeks, but just might not be this week. Uh, guy that, another guy I'm starting this week that kind of hurts my soul to say because <clears throat> I was a big Elijah Moore guy coming into the season. But Garrett Wilson, um, he's looked awesome. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't really know what else to say about it. He's had eight plus targets the first two weeks of the season. Found the end zone twice last week and looked great doing it. Uh, getting open consistently um, doesn't seem to be much of an issue with Elijah Moore on the other side of the field either. So, Garrett Wilson, I think you can comfortably roll him out against the Bengals. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Garrett Wilson. I like uh, lock him in for. The, pretty much the rest of the year, but definitely this week against the Bengals. Yeah, I, I don't know if you saw any tape on him. The, the routes that he was doing to those defenders last week, whew, that footwork, the head work, everything. It's just like, okay, so this guy's like that. Um, yeah. And, and Which was profiled coming out of Ohio State. His big problem coming out of Ohio State was couldn't do much after he got the ball in his hand. He was always right. a great route runner and great at getting open, but Hey, maybe uh, maybe not so much after the catch. Right, that footwork is elite. That's going to keep you in the game a long time. Um, so my my start of the week uh, is actually another one is going to be Michael Thomas. 
going against Carolina's defense with uh, uh, Dante Jackson and J.C. Horn. Uh, supposed to be one of the you know upper one-two combos in the league. J.C. Horn's still getting acclimated to the league after missing the whole year last year. Um, he's had a couple blown coverages uh, in his first two weeks, so he's still adapting to the game. Uh, Michael Thomas, we know, lines up anywhere on the field, so Dante Jackson isn't the type of corner that follows. He stays more on one side. Um, so I think uh, New Orleans is going to bounce back this week, have a nice uh, nice scoring game against Carolina. Uh, I think Michael Thomas is a sure lock uh, for over 80 yards, probably get in the end zone at least once this week. Uh, so give me Michael Thomas. Yeah, Michael Thomas, I just made a trade for him in a league I have, so definitely a good good start of the week, I think. Uh, we'll move on to the tight ends, uh, moving along here. We won't dig too deep into the tight ends. We'll do one of each. Um, my guy, will, honestly, I can just do my starts and my sits. Uh, start of the week is going to be Gerald Everett. Uh, I think having, even if, uh, excuse me, forgot his name there for a second, Herbert doesn't play. I think Everett is a good safety blanket for, for the backup. So uh, Chase Daniel, get in there and just do nothing but dump the ball off to Eckler and Everett. So uh, sit of the week is going to be Zach Ertz. Uh, right now sitting at the tight end seven. I don't think that's going to hold up again. I don't trust that Cardinals offense and I don't trust Kyler Murray to have a super awesome week. Um, so yeah, uh, start Gerald Everett and sit Zach Ertz for me. Yeah, I like it. I like, I like the Gerald Everett. He's uh he's turning some heads over there in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, my start of the week is actually going to be Dawson Knox. I think this is the week that he finds the end zone for Buffalo. He's due. He's uh he's very touchdown dependent. But that's yeah. what you get when you stream those uh, those tight ends if you're not getting one of the big four. Um, so Dawson Knox is primed to uh, catch some, uh, hopefully, a couple touchdowns this week. Um, Gabe Davis, um, still battling that injury. But I've always liked Dawson Knox. Him and Josh Allen have a good, pretty, pretty good rapport there. Uh, my set of the week is TJ Hawkinson. He just has not done anything. Uh, in an offense that's put up, 35 and 36 in two weeks and Hawkinson has been nowhere. Um, so I, I can't start him. I know a lot of people didn't um, really draft him as a elite tight end, more of like a wide receiver or a tight end six to tight end nine, but yeah. I, I'm going, I'm going for a streaming option over Hawkinson at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I like both of those. Um, so, yeah, that'll do it for our start sits for the week. We'll go ahead and move on to a quick section of uh, some dynasty advice. Um, basically, uh, if you've started out 2-0, um, I personally think that you need to take advantage of the wins. Uh, go ahead and make some moves. Get rid of your 23 first if you can. That's going to be one of the more valuable draft picks you're ever going to be able to have in dynasty. This draft class is loaded. Um, so go ahead and try to get that 23 first off your roster or off of your whatever your bench if you can. And go ahead and get you bolster up your roster. If you're light at wide receiver, go ahead and get try to get you a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two. Running back, same thing. Um, if you're in a super flex, try to shore up that QB two. Not a lot of ways to win in uh, super flex leagues outside of having two pretty solid, reliable quarterbacks. So um, I think if you started out two and zero, I think you need to go ahead and make that big move. Even if you had close wins, I think a win is a win. At the end of the year, your win loss record is not going to show the margin of victory might show point total, but your margin of victory is not going to matter. So take the wins where you can get them. And if you've got two of them already, I think you need to go ahead and ride that hot streak. What about yeah, you? Absolutely. Uh, I'm a little bit more cautious. Um, 
when, even if you start 2-0, and yeah, ride, ride the hot streak, but um, kind of make sure your, your team is built to make that playoff push if you're going to go ahead and trade away next year's first because I like this draft class coming in. But if you're confident in your team is going to be able to make that playoff push, go ahead, get rid of those picks, get players, get the proven players, get those assets, and try to make a deep playoff push, try to get you a championship there. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you definitely got to evaluate your roster. I just think if you're – it's tough to compete. So if you got two wins already, um, that's half – that's I don't want to say half the battle, but that's like a quarter of the battle. Go ahead and keep stacking up those wins. Uh, try to shore up that roster. I think if you started one and one, the decisions here are a little bit more difficult. That's where I think you start need to evaluate where your win, how you won and how you lost. Uh, if you had a narrow loss and you thought that like a a Kyler Murray comeback is the reason you lost or a, a freak to a six touchdown game is the reason you lost or something like that. Maybe just evaluate and shore up your roster to make sure something like that doesn't happen again. Um, if, if you outscore your opponent again, you can't lose. So just make sure you're going out there and making the right moves. Evaluate your, evaluate your rosters and evaluate the way that you won and lost in the week. But I think if you started one-on-one, you probably just need to sit tight for now. Don't make too many hasty decisions. Um, but, yeah, that's my thought on the one-on-one. How about you, AJ? Yeah, I'm with you. One on one, you got you got you really got to gauge your players. You got to know your players. Um, if you, if you're nervous about a couple of your players that you're relying on to be your heavy hitters, or even you know your solid wide receiver two or three, and they're just not you're not impressed with them after two weeks, go ahead and try to ship them. Get somebody that um, is going to help you down the down the stretch. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't um, I wouldn't give up the farm and I wouldn't sell the farm. But you really, that's where it comes into gauging your team and knowing your team and having that confidence as a dynasty owner in yourself. Sure, yeah. Uh, I think it's a little bit different if you're 0-2. Um, I'm a firm believer in pulling the plug early and making sure that you have the assets you need going into next offseason. Um, even if you don't do a full rebuild, even a partial rebuild is something that I think can be effective in dynasty. Um offloading some of the assets that are aging, I think is the first step that you need to take. Go ahead and look at anybody that's putting around 29, 30, um, or if they're 28 going into their age 29 season, 29 going into their age 30 season, make that move. Um, but if you're 0-2, I don't think you should wait around too much. Um, having two losses on your record this early, is tough to come back from. A lot of the teams that you're going to be trying to come back against probably have a good bit more point total than you do if you lost two games in a row or two matchups in a row. Um, and a lot of times with fantasy football, the tiebreakers come down to points scored. So uh, if you're 0-2 and you put up huge weeks and you lost to the highest scoring person in your league each week, maybe you might need to take a different approach. But if you're 0-2 right now, you probably haven't scored too many points. Go ahead and try to get some 2023 first on your roster so that you can get that rebuild going. Uh, but yeah, if you're 0 2, I'm a firm believer in in not waiting on getting a soft rebuild or a firm rebuild. Yeah, I agree. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna go for a full rebuild um, after 0 2, I think the the two p- players that you need to firmly go grab is just go grab two quarterbacks, um, s- sell your your core, try to get picks and quarterbacks. If you have you know, a terrible running back and wide receiver combo, but you got two good quarterbacks and you have picks, you can really build something going into next year or maybe even two years from now. But at least you have 
your building blocks at quarterbacks. Quarterbacks win you weeks, especially in Superflex. You have two good quarterbacks, you're going to compete every single week. If you got one good quarterback and one at quarterback, I'm, I'm not as confident personally. But if you're going to go into a full rebuild like Frankie touched on, then I'm definitely going to go after two quarterbacks as my main pieces, even if I don't have a lot of picks. But if I have those two quarterbacks, then I can build from there. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here for the day? No, not really. Uh, I think we're pretty good. Um, Touched on just about everything Uh, going into week three. uh, Hopefully – you and I both come out victorious this week uh, in most of our leagues. I don't think we're playing each other, which is, uh, I think, the first time. Uh, yeah, unusual. That, that's, a, that's a plus. So uh, hopefully we have some good luck tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate everybody for tuning in uh, and listening to us today or watching us, however you are experiencing us today. Make sure you like, subscribe, uh, rate, review, do all those fun things on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, We appreciate everybody's time today. Good luck in week three, and uh, we'll see you next time.